All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Mike McKenna, and you're watching Nasty Knuckles. You're listening to Nasty Knuckles, the Hockey Outlaws podcast, with your host, Derek Nasty Sotomayor, and former Philadelphia Flyer enforcer, Riley as they go behind the scenes with your favorite NHL players. Time to face off. All right, welcome back. What's happening, Nasty? What's up, Riggs? What are you saying today, buddy? Excited to be here. Yeah, dude, <laughs> yawning and everything. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's no, Yeah, I am Jack. No, I know, I know. What's up, man? This is it. Oh, Happy we- to be here. It's a beautiful day in the it studio. Is, it's nice. We're in the stew. We got Debo, baller in the house. Debo's excited about Vancouver start. It's not crazy, but he's happy. Right, Debo? Yeah, yeah he's very happy. How could um, you not be happy? I know. He should be. Um, we both missed a game this weekend. Men's Jeez. League. I wasn't able to make all it. all over your ass for that. No. Dude, you didn't even you didn't even reply to the group text. Yeah, I was, ta- I was texting I'm, with Rob. Said, can't make it? <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> I had a legit excuse. Elvis was playing. Wow. He's the PHC. His boys, we swept the weekend, 2-0. Oh. Um, Where was that? That was Long fun. Island? We were up in Long Island, saw Aaron Asham. Yeah, yeah I saw over. a picture. Yeah. The he, old Aaron Asham grin. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. grins. He, someone, a couple people say, what's what's wrong with him? I'm like, a lot. But, <laughs> but nothing. He just smiles like that. But, uh, no, it was cool. He, he drove. He 
drove about a half hour, came over, watched Elvie oh, play, cool. and um, Elvie was pretty pumped to see him, and I uh, was excited, had a little pep in his step when he saw uh, Ash, but um, yeah, they won both games, it was good, good Sunday, missed the men's league game, um, the uh, Rebels, uh, Philadelphia Rebels, team I work with in North American Hockey League, we swept the Northeast Generals, oh. which uh, was the first place team in the league. It was all you. Boys played well. It had a lot to do with me. I'm not going to lie, but um, no, uh, boys played hard. Um, it was really, really good hockey, too. It was like, it was a couple of the best games, honestly, since I started doing that. Um, I did want to make a quick shout out. I think I told you last year we were playing Northeast Generals, and one of their D-men was going back for the puck. And one of our guys, it was just a normal battle, nothing dirty about it, but they got tangled up. And, and this uh, young man, Jack DeMora is his name, <clears throat> plays for Northeast, went into the boards, knee, mm. broke his femur. Uh, yeah, it was tough. it was tough, man, and, and you know I've seen a lot of injuries in hockey, and I can kind of watch anything, but it was th- this poor guy. I felt I'd never felt so bad. He was screaming oh, like I it was bet. just in, that's a tough was, bone to break. That's that's one of the hardest to break. Yeah. Remember Curtis Foster? We had uh, oh yeah, Fozzie right, yeah. Bear had the same uh, thing, but I actually left the bench and went up to the locker room because I just it made me sick that kid oh, was in geez. that much pain. And um, but yeah, I was able fun. to talk to him. He made a full recovery. Played this weekend. Oh, I thought it was Amazing. a great story. Um, um, stopped him after warm-ups, I think, the second night, and just told him I, w- you know, I was happy for him and everything. And he, he worked his he worked his ass off to, to come back. That's a, that's a serious, obviously, Jeez, yeah. a very very serious injury. So good job for him. And but I'm glad we beat you guys. We yeah. swept him two and zero. But uh, just want a quick shout out for him because yeah, he went through him. a lot the last year to to get back to play. So nice young man. Yeah. That's so. A tough one. Fly boys, three, two, and one. Yeah. Deserved a little better last night in Vegas, I thought. Um, Tough you know, team, that, but uh, yeah, yeah. very good I mean, team. Yeah. I mean, I, I think overall, obviously a great start. Yeah. Um, probably uh, a little bit unassuming in the NHL. I think a lot of people are, we're maybe uh, a little bit doubtful on, you know, what to expect this year, but yeah. I think uh, it certainly surprised me the way they're coming out, some of these young guys stepping up. Um, so solid start. Obviously, it's still early. So playing very, to, very hard. Yeah, and, yeah, and harder speed. to play against. Yeah, right. <clears throat> They're right in that game last night. Thirty. Th- those are the Jeez, worst. You'd yes. rather lose two seconds into overtime. At least you get that point. They I deserve know. the point. If not, two. Uh, Carter played great. Carter Hart played great. They all played well. Just one of those CNI shots. I think it. I thought at first it hit. Someone slid to try to block it. I can't remember forward but uh, it definitely went through Coots's legs if I'm not mistaken and I don't think Carter ever saw it so it just sucks with 30 seconds to go to lose yeah. I've, I've, obviously we've been on the bench for that and you've been on the bench when you win those so it's it's great when you win them but it I really know. sucks when you lose you know I was watching that clip again this morning that, that goal and um, I struggle you know from a coaching's perspective you know you, you're told to kind of stay tight you know like in, in those situations yeah. not come out too far they're you know they're they're they're, 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 they have possession at the top of the blue line there, and and they're and they're they're having this the, the interchanging players and you know it's 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 one of those where it's like I, I think they could have maybe pressured that puck right. and then all of a sudden you know Theodore gets the puck and he's got all this space he now did. to step he in. Walked down, yeah. You know, there's a challenging place, you know, in, in hockey where you're, you're trained to be aggressive, but then pump the brakes at times where you see like that the, that that play happening. It's almost like. Yeah, you, are they, were they playing zone? Did you, did you take notice? Did you miss a switch on that? Like I, I, well, I saw it live. Yeah, yeah well, I, I think that was it. This the switch was delayed. Where now okay. they created the gap. 
um, I don't know. You know, I just look at the, I look at these things and like, geez, how does that guy step in and have that much space? You want to coach again? I don't know about that. You want to coach again? No, but I just you just look at it, and be like, how, how does a guy get that type of time and space right. in that exact moment of the game, thirty seconds yeah. left? And obviously, this is why these players are great. I mean, yeah, this is like, sure. you know, they're they're shuffling the cards up top and they're trying to create. Uh, that confusion and yep. did a good job at it. So you got to give them credit. And that's why they're good. You know, that's they're why they're team. seven and zero, and this yep. other Stanley Cup champs. And um, but you know, just from like the opposition perspective, just like you know, could you have maybe been a little more aggressive or adjusted a little quicker? But that's the hockey, though, right? This is yeah. why these guys do it. Um, but uh, they were in it till the last thirty seconds, as you yeah. said, and um, they'll they'll, they'll, they'll respond and come back a little stronger next game. What tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Minnesota at home. Um, uh, Morgan Frost scratch four straight. Maybe he gets back into the lineup. I would uh, think so after last night. Probably yeah, you know they're waiting hopefully. for a loss there to maybe shuffle the deck a little. Yeah, bit. I felt bad last week. I someone had said he. I think I may have even said this last week. Someone said he was not playing. Then I got we got to the game and he was in warmups. I was like, oh cool, he's playing. And then obviously he didn't and he hasn't played since. So hopefully he gets back in there and <clears throat> plays well. But you, I mean, I guess when you when you make a change in the lineup and then you go on a bit of a roll, which they did, it's kind of hard to change the lineup, right? Like, yeah. But uh, hopefully he gets back in tomorrow. Yeah, I think so too, and I and I think like he he needs to be in the top two, right? Has I mean, to. He, has to. It's be. just one of those things where you know he's got to be patient with the situation, and yeah. and once he gets in, you know, making a case where you don't give the coach a reason to take you out you know exactly. but yeah he's not a guy like he you can work him in from top to bottom i think he's like very you know specific on where he needs to be in the lineup yeah, you know so sure. i think he'll he'll get a shot and he's you know he's probably sitting there he's obviously pissed off and yeah knows yeah. when the time comes he's got to play, and, and play well you well. want him to be you hope he's pissed well, yeah, off he right? better be, like, yeah. as, a, as a player and, and we know he is so yeah <clears throat> yeah hopefully he gets back in there gets her going love that kid it's one of my favorite guys but yeah. um Couple surprises so far. I know we're six games in. I mean, I had Boston starting six and zero. I know you had you Edmonton did, yeah. starting six and zero, which hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah, but um, Boston is is a bit of a. I don't want to say surprise, but love their coach. Obviously, friend of ours, Jimmy Montgomery. But uh, everyone, you know, with Patrice Bergeron obviously retiring, yeah, it's a big big hole to fill. And again, it's six games, but. Pretty good start. Yeah, I mean six and zero. I mean it's not an easy thing to do in any right. league. So yeah, a little surprising. Obviously they got a, a nice core there still, yeah. but uh, when you lose the head of the snake, if you will, yeah, um, you'd think that you might lose a step or two. But got guys stepping up. Obviously great coaching, carrying over what they <clears throat> had created last year into in, into this year, and yeah, I mean surprise. Yeah, but maybe not. Right. But, um, but yeah, six and zero is not not an easy thing to do. Vegas, not surprised. Uh, Edmonton, as you you were talking about, like I expected more. Yeah, certainly. But I think that's going to be uh, something's off. I, think that's why, I can't act like I've watched every game, you know, from start to finish. But from what I've seen and what I've you know read and hear, it's just it's it's been a little ugly. I know they gave up five last night. I think mm-hmm. in the third to lose a game they were winning, uh, but. You know, it's early. Yep. It's early. Um, Detroit's one other team I just wanted to mention real quick. They've they've been kind of fun to watch. Watch a couple of their games. Ghost Baller says he's up for the Norris. Yeah. He's I mean, calling that, that nine now. points in seven games yep. I think he's got. And yeah. 
lurking and yeah, the brink of the cat. It's like you, Debo, just snipe. That's all you do. <laughs> just like Bo Horvat. Just like Bo Horvat. That's the most he said in a month. <laughs> just like Bo Horvat. Uh, yeah, you're right. Vancouver, your boys. Not bad for him, too. Pretty good. Nice little start. Pretty nice good. Pretty start. good. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, but hey, Mike McKenna. Yeah. This week. Um, played a long time for a lot of teams. Uh, lucky enough to have him here. Great, great person. Great family guy. Um, did a great job in TV, too, in Vegas there. Uh, yeah, there I thought so, year. too. He was very he was thorough. Real, good speaker. Yeah, he knows his shit. Smart guy. Um, and he was with our boy Frank uh, Cervelli for a while here. But um, moving on to other things, but we'll get into that when we talk to him. Yeah, I think we're ready to rock your nest. Let's do it. 131. Here Devil's, we go. Devil's Day. Let's go. <laughs> Before we get to our interview, Riggs, I got a question for you. What do you got, Nast? Do you feel the chill in the air? Do I? I'm just asking because, as we know, the NHL is back, and it's time to hit the ice. And I'm talking about with DraftKings Sportsbook. Getting new customers ready for puck drop with an epic offer. And this goes to you as well. Score 200 bucks instantly in bonus bets when you bet just $5 on hockey. Now, that's worth a Sally. Oh. And we know how you sallied when you scored. You didn't. But I will Sally heavy. Yes. Thursday night, our Philadelphia Flyers are taking on the Minnesota Wild, and they are plus 110 in that game. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code Knuckles. New customers can get 200 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey rigs. That's code Knuckles, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK. That's H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensed partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus, varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyrights of the NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Welcome back. I'm Riley Cote. And I'm Derek Settlemeyer. And this week we are happy to have a good friend. Personally, a good friend of the show, former six-round pick of the Nashville Predators in 2002. Right-handed catch always throws me off with you guys, Mike, but uh, please welcome Mike McKenna. Chow, he's not afraid of snakes, Riggs. I can tell you no. that, baby. What's up, brother? <laughs> Thanks, Nasty. Thanks, Riley. Yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid. I did gain a <laughs> nickname, Rattlesnake, over the years. I'm sure we'll get to it, but... Uh, <laughs> And it's great to be talking to you guys. I, I wish I was in person. I got to get back to Philly sometime soon. I, I may not have been there long, but I loved it and kind of have roots there. I used to train in Philly every summer. A lot of people didn't know that about me. So I do feel right. really connected to that area. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on. It's great to see you again. Yeah, man. Looking good, bro. Yeah, looking good. 
your in your office in your studio yeah. there. I yeah. love that. I love that. So I when when we moved into this house, I looked around and I'm like, well, we've got a walk-in closet in our guest room, uh, and I thought. And this was kind of before COVID and before everybody was using Zoom for everything. And the more we got into it, I was like, man, I'm going to be recording stuff. I'm doing media. And I don't want my house to be a shrine to myself. So this is perfect. I'm going to put all my masks in the room and my jerseys and some memorabilia. And it works out pretty good because then I can just like at a party or something, just shuffle like five people up here. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's awesome. Good strategy. Well, yeah. well I mean you know, my, uh, like over the years, like you obviously like to stay in one place. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of teams. No. <laughs> so you gotta, you, I'm kidding. Of course. So yeah, the Jersey collection of yours has got to be unbelievable. Uh, we, yeah, can get it, we can get into that, but uh, it's so cool, man. It's so cool. And great to see you brother. It's fun. You too. And it's, it is fun to have these and it's, I mean, it's kind of crazy though. Like teams don't always give the players jerseys. A lot of these I've had to buy, I've had to trade for. Um, there's actually a rule now in the new CBA that every player in the NHL gets a jersey. And I, I think I complained loud enough on social about that for a couple of years because it was jokingly yeah. called the McKenna rule because like, like think about this guys. Like, like, and Riley, you've been up and down too. Like I was like, if you don't finish the, the season with a team, you're not there at the end of the year to take a jersey home. Like some teams would do. But who does it matter most to to get a jersey? It's that comes up in his first NHL game or somebody who even plays two or three. Like for me, like these jerseys mean everything to me because I had to work my ass off for them to even get a chance to to open the gate for three games. You know, (laughs) Um, and not to take anything away from the big dogs, but I'm I'm happy that's changed. And yeah, I do have most of mine. I have all my masks, a couple sets of gear. I try not to keep too much of the gear because it takes up so much space, but. Um, some sets that are special to me and to my family. And um, it's pretty fun, man. Like you look at the journey here. I I thought, I thought it'd be great to have some longevity in one city and that never happened. <laughs> I just kept moving around. I got like, who every, you know, everybody I, I, I wanted played. you. Everyone wanted you, bro. That's what I know. Happens. All the bad teams, you know, like I, was, I, I don't think I was, I don't think I was on an NHL roster that made the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know? So, like, I played just under three dozen games, but I played for seven teams and I dressed games for two more. So, I dressed NHL games for nine teams, which is the NHL record. It of is, me. Hey? It's yeah. me. Yeah. You have Sean it. Burke and Ron Tugnut. Now, those guys have played <laughs> like a, those guys have played like 2,000 NHL games and I got 35. Yeah, we all dressed for nine teams, and I know both that's, of them pretty well. So it's wow. a cool club to be with. Yeah, that's that is. Cool, yeah, man. that's impressive. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was getting. I was just thinking as you said that. I didn't. Keep, you didn't keep all your sets of pads. Jesus, could you imagine if you did? How cool oh. would that be, though? To ha- just, I know it's, it's take up so much space, but just to see even the evolution of the pads, right? Like oh, yeah. how they changed so much over the years. Um, Absolutely. Because I've been in the game <laughs> way too long. Because uh, I'm old. But, uh, yeah, just the changing of the, all the pads and stuff. And, and, you know, you were there a long time. Sure. Well, and I do have that in my basement. You know, I have my the first set of pads that was ever purchased for me. St. Lawrence University, Bauer oh, Reactor 5 pads. And they're gorgeous. They're scarlet, brown, white. Um, and I kept them, kept those for a purpose. You know, that, that yeah. was a special set to me. Um, it was also my favorite colorway ever. 
Uh, and I even did a retro set with the stars and was doing one with Philly that it didn't show up in time. I didn't right. get to wear it in time. <laughs> and, and now it's my, my regular set now is a retro reactor five power set. So you see all these goalies doing retro gear out. Yeah. 2017, 18 with Dallas stars. Yeah, I, you did it. That was I was the first one to run it for a full <laughs> season. Now I took my idea from, I think Freddie Anderson ran it in the winter, Heritage or Winter Classic for the Leafs the year before. But when they started okay. to do Digiprint technology, I did it. So I have that set. I've got my first NHL set, which was a Bauer 195, Nike Bauer 195 set with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I've got the set I finished my career in and just a couple more. Um, but they are they are on a wall in my basement. Oh, okay. Actually, okay, cool. Like in retrospect, I kind of wish I'd kept them all because now, I, I mean, I could have like displayed them at the practice facility for the youth hockey team I played with right. that my That's girls true. are now at. And there are a couple sets for people in Philly at Hockey Heaven over in Hatfield. Um, oh, yeah, I've seen them. Office of Chris Economo. Uh, he's got a couple in there as well, including that Bauer set from 2017-18 with the Dallas Stars. So um, there's remnants of my career spread all throughout North America. Yeah, it's, it's funny, Riles. I took uh, so we, we all know econ, and, and um, and it was funny because I took Elvis over. I've got a customer who kind of was telling me about him. I'm like, Oh, I know him, and we had and he had reached out to you and said, You know, maybe bring Elvis over. Yep. this is two years ago, Elvis was just getting into it. Uh, but it's a great setup. He's got this little ice area right upstairs, so I'm like sitting there. He goes, Oh, come in here, walk in there. This bar setup, I'm like, oh, Yeah. Dude, and then I look over and I see this guy, and I went, "Yo!" And he's like, "Oh yeah, he's my guy." I'm like, so "I think I start. I think I sent you a picture immediately while I was there." And so yep. we're going back and forth, and he had some pictures up of uh, uh, the rattlesnake there and some of his pads, and what a setup that is, man. He's got this man. full upstairs like house, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's like a he's a, killing a it, really eh? really cool, man. Doing a good job. With yeah, one of my one of my really good customers, Will William Wright. His son goes there, Aiden Wright. And he's playing now PHC over here in the same organization with Elvis. But uh, I just, I, like we talked about, I just can't get that out. I can't go that far. I got so much other stuff going on, but to drive that far. But he's pr probably worth it, obviously. But it's just, yeah. it's just too much for me to do. That's but a haul anyway. from Voorhees, man. That's a long yeah. way across town. I've yeah, been there. I've seen the Philly traffic. I get it. It was. Yeah. It's not easy to cross, man. St. Louis is a little different animal when it comes to traffic. You can usually avoid it here. It's not one of the old eastern cities, you know, but. We still got it a bit. It's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you uh, – so you, you are obviously in St. Louis. Um, are you getting out to any of the games? Like I know that season just started, but do you try to get to the games? Uh, you know, when I was working in media, I'd go occasionally. Um, you know, as a fan, like frankly, it's ex it's so expensive. Like a family of four, you're going to drop – like that's a three $400 night before you know it. So, yeah, um, you know, as a fan, I don't go to many games occasionally, though I'm lucky because I grew up as a kid in St. Louis with my dad and grandpa both being off ice officials for the NHL. Oh, oh OK. And the way it used to work in the 80s was it, the home team just gave their officials a couple tickets, right? Season tickets. Yeah. And it long ago became a paid position by the NHL. Um, but the, the Blues still swing the off ice guys tickets occasionally. So. Sometimes uh, when we plan it out in advance, we'll go. We usually pick one or two nights with the youth hockey team, but I watch every Blues game. They've been the team that I clue in on. Um, up until this year, I've watched every Golden Knights game because I did broadcast work with them and some freelance media work. 
Um, but I've definitely got favorites, you know, like I, yeah, if yeah. St. Louis is on, I watch St. Louis. If Dallas is on, I still have a soft spot there. Philly, you know, the teams that I played with towards the end of my career, I still, I still feel connected to, and, and I'm more likely to watch that team than I would another that I never played for. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. And it's a good area to, to live in, obviously. Braden Shen loves it there, by yeah. the way. Like, oh, I mean, he's, he's captain, he's, man. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That green pony, man. No, he's yeah. left here too. Yeah, he I, even you know when he was when he was traded there that that year we we met up and had dinner when I, we were in town and he was just like nasty. Nah, I love this place, man. He he yeah. really does. Chief does too. Chief does too. And Hollywood Hayes, my boy, he seems to be loving it out there. <laughs> he he's really happy. So hopefully they can get her going. It's just it's early. Though. It's early. Yeah. It's early. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know cool. what? It's kind of St. Louis kind of gets a bad rap. It's kind of like Camden. Like, you know, like, <laughs> you see, like when you see crime statistics, dude, it's like yeah, St. Louis, Camden, Detroit. And what they don't tell you is that the city of St. Louis only has like 280,000 residents in it. And the metro area is about 2.8 million. So, like, you know, it's it's skewed, dude. This is a great place to raise a family. Uh, and yeah. I mean, I've seen that in Philly, too. Like, you're not you're not going to Camden if you can avoid yeah. it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, Shen sees why it's a good place. A lot of people stay here. Yeah, yeah. you got a pretty solid alumni there floating around still. Hey, yeah, really guys? good. That's, that's a big reason why the youth hockey in St. Louis has become so good because we've oh, okay. had players like, um, I mean, the early ones were John Wensink, who was really involved. Um, you know, you had Larry Patey, like other guys from the old guard, but then it turned into Basil McRae and Keith Kachuk and Jeff Brown and Al McKinnis and. Um, and they're all invested, you know, they really put the time and effort in. So it went from my grandpa and a dozen guys starting hockey in St. Louis in the fifties to now 50 something high school teams, two dozen NHL players from St. Louis. Like it's, it's looked upon as a place where this is a a good place to find a hockey prospect to St. Louis. Like if I, I wish my grandpa were still alive to see it, he wouldn't believe how much that transition has taken place. Yeah, that's amazing. That's nice to see. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and how they're keeping it alive too. You know, I've been contact. We've had Cam Jansen on, and you know, he's talking about yeah. all the alumni stuff that's going on there and how involved he he's is. He's stable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's grounded. I love that guy. <laughs> hey, Cam is. Uh, I tell you what, Cam and I go back a long way. He's he's younger than I am, so we never played together in St. Louis. Um, but what he's managed to carve out is is amazing. Like his work ethic is there. It's always been um, tough as nails, obviously. But, dude, I can remember times when we'd go out in St. Louis, you know, when we were in our 20s, and I'd just lose him by like 10, 30 or 11. And I know like Cam's <laughs> off doing something, right? And, yeah. Yeah. you know, a couple, after a couple of times out, I was just like, I can't keep up with them. Yeah. Like it's literally not that I don't – It's just, I love the guy. I just, I can't go out because I lose him and I just can't go that hard. I can't do it. I he just, he's <laughs> gone again. Uh, and so, yeah, we, but he's, uh, he's fine. I mean, right, man, you know how tough he was. Oh yeah. Just yeah, a bulldog on the ice, man. And um, yeah, he's been a good friend over the years. He was one of the, he was the first player from St. Louis to ever play in the NHL, like born and raised from here. Yeah. Which, that's, I mean, he paved the way for all of us. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. He did a hell of a job and. You know, continues to, to to do well with his personality, obviously carrying the weight. And, yeah, yeah I mean, he's got the work ethic, so everything I, he does. Is I, I remember – I'm sorry, Riles, I'm interrupting. I remember him being in Albany 
you know, yeah. when I was with the Phantoms there, and he was, you know, I guess, you know, just turned pro. Steaming out of the forehead. Dude, I mean, this guy just was looking. <laughs> to, he just wanted something. Oh, yeah. He wanted to run someone through the wall. He wanted to fight. He didn't give a shit. Well, he didn't really talk shit. He just was like, no, he we're going to. Ran around, yeah. and I just remember, God, man, this, I'd love to see this guy here. Like, oh, yeah. He's an animal, but anyway, good dude. Makes me laugh, that guy. Yeah, you've been, uh, you know, outside of St. Louis. Uh, I know you're not uh, in, in the media like you were before. Are you still, you still following the NHL as closely, or is that kind of uh, slowed down? Yeah, it's it's weird for me because I spent the last four years completely in media, and the first two being with the Vegas Golden Knights, just entirely focused on that team with the league outside of it, and then the last two years I was doing work amongst the whole league as an NHL analyst at Daily Faceoff, and uh, man, I, I really realized how hard it is to keep up with the whole league at once. Like you can yeah. spend every waking minute of your life analyzing and doing, you know, work on Sirius XM when you're on and you got Steve Coolius as your partner who watches every game and pushes you to be your best, which I love. Like, I love that challenge. Um, it was a lot, but what I find now is I, I think I'm actually getting more enjoyment now of just kind of focusing on one team. Right. You know, like yeah. if I'm like if I can just watch the blues now, I really feel like I know those players inside and out. I can and I can disassociate a little bit. Like if I want to go home and watch wrestling some night, I can do that. And then I'll talk to Bruce Boudreaux about it the next day. Yeah. We'll go back <laughs> yeah. and forth and we'll decide who we like in the cage match, you know. But yeah, um, I've actually found it's a little bit freeing and and I still keep my pulse on the league. Dude, I can't get away from the NHL app and the highlights and clips, but it's not to that same all encompassing level as it was before. And I think it's probably in the long run might be good for me. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it's time consuming. That's for it's sure. a lot. Riggs is yep. Riggs is calling me NHL frenzy last <laughs> night. Yeah. Your pick of every single team, right? He goes, right. did you Nas, Did you know there's 32 teams in the league now? <laughs> no, he didn't. But he's watching every game. He's watching drop the puck drop from every, every game. game. This yeah, guy's fired up. Going. I thought I was yeah. a hockey nerd. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, said, I don't get to watch a ton of hockey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, sh- well, shout out to the NHL. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to the NHL on being job creators, though, man. Because yeah. we've got 32 in the National. We've got another 32 in the American League. Mm-hmm. The ECHL's got. I can't, I'm not sure how many, they're well over 20. Like the pro hockey landscape is larger than it's ever been with people making a good living doing it, which is awesome. Like you don't see that in minor league baseball. They're not even unionized. They're eating hot dogs and hamburgers and living eight wide in an apartment. And yeah, um, that's one thing that for myself as being somebody who spent most of his career at the American league level, man, I made a good living doing it. I'm really thankful for the people before us that paved the way for us to have, you know, living conditions that you can not only make a living but actually you know save a bit of money so when you're done you can decide to do something afterwards if you do if you decide to yeah yeah that's sure. the truth for sure man i mean when when along your career I mean, i'm assuming it was somewhat early did you recognize like this 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 might be the path for me like this journeyman role and, and being accepting of it i mean you have a great attitude obviously a big part of it uh, when, when did you kind of make that realization it's a great question uh, because for me, I first I never expected to make it to the NHL. Like the, everything happened for me quickly, organically. I didn't have expectations. Yeah, I was drafted. I went to school on a three for four scholarship, like uh, on time. You know, like so it, the progression was there, but I, I was never unrealistic to knowing how hard it was. And I didn't sign with Nashville 
after college. They didn't. They signed some guy named Pekka Rene. I mean, it, uh, what? Why would they sign him? It seemed to work out okay. <laughs> yeah, the, they had the rattlesnake um, in the in the I house, know. and they don't say what. I know, they took, but they you know took what it was... the rhino. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but remember how weird things were coming out of the 2005 lockout, guys. Yeah. Like yeah. they had about two weeks to sign everybody, and teams were real thin. Like they didn't have budget at all, so they ran four goalies. They didn't even have a fifth goalie. Like in today's world, I would have. I I truly believe in today's world, I would have signed with Nashville to put me on the coast, minimum entry level deal as a fifth goalie or something, right? So it's just a little bit different, but. Um, it wasn't until like I made my debut at Tampa 2008-9. And again, it happened real fast. I wasn't even on an NHL contract until two days before I signed. Oh, or two days oh. before I made my NHL debut. Yeah. So I get there, I play games. And then it was just kind of a constant battle to even, you know, make it back to the NHL. And so I, I would say probably by my fourth or fifth year, um, by the time I got to the Devils organization, I'm still fighting to try to have a prospect role to, to maybe grab onto an NHL job. But there was a real turning point for me, and that was in 2014-15. And by this point, I mean, I've played nine years of pro, right? I'm deep into my career. Um, it was with the Coyotes organization. And I was already comfortable as being a mentor and a number three goalie. Okay. I, I, I got it. That's my role. But I remember this being like my last chance and going, this is it. I'm forever destined to be a number three. And I was leading the American league in everything. Like my safe percentage, like, I mean, this is January and it's like a nine forty. It was stupid. Wow. It was like the year Linus Olmark had last year for the Bruins. Okay. And the coyotes traded Devin Dubnik because he was outplaying Mike Smith and he had value. They traded him to Minnesota and I'm going, this is it. Like I'm, I'm 31, I think at the time I would have been 31. And I'm like, I still have a chance. This could be it. And they called up a goalie who was coming off injury and had been in the coast, oh. played three games and he was in the coast. So they got a warm body on a call up for a week. And then they called me up for about five days. And then they flipped me out for Louis Domingue and Domingue had played eight games in the American league, three in the coast that year. And the Delta between our numbers was ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And that's when I went, Nope, it's over for me. I am a number three, the rest of my career, no matter what I do, I'm not going to ever fill that void for a team unless something insane happens. Um, and that's just, that was the turning point where I really kind of became resigned to it, which I hate saying that because I still was pushing. Like I still, my last, my last season, I played the most I ever did in the NHL. And I had my best, I played my best hockey as a 34 and 35 year old in the American league playoffs and Calder cup playoffs. But that was the turning point. So I, I was never totally, I always pushed, but I knew by year seven, eight, nine, that that was the way I was headed. And you just be a good teammate, man. You don't get the call up. What can you do? Right. You just play the game. A crazy schedule can make it easy to fall back into your dinnertime recipe rut. Keep mealtime exciting with f over 40 recipes to choose from every week. So there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. With so many in-season ingredients, you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every bite of HelloFresh's chef-crafted recipes. Produce travels from the farm to your door for peak ripeness you can taste. Nast. 
You've recently tried some of these recipes. Yes, what I have. What are your thoughts? Unbelievable. Seriously, easy to make. You just follow directions, which I need. Yeah. A lot of direction. Honestly, food's unbelievable. So fresh. I guess that's why it's called Hello Fresh. Oh. Um, but so good. I've fed the kids. My billet sons loved it. I acted like I'm like this really good cook. Beautiful. I'm not, but I'll tell you what, it's so good. And you know how important eating right is. I have two young hockey players here, so um, it's awesome. So good. America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com forward slash 50 knuckles and use code 50 knuckles for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com forward slash 50 knuckles code 50 knuckles for 50% off and free shipping. You're a good teammate for sure. I mean, I remember the day we met. I'm like, this guy's a good fucking guy, man. <laughs> like, and he had a great attitude. It was like you, I honestly, not just saying this because you're here with us today, but it was just like he had been there all year. Yeah. Like he fit, fit right in. Let's go boys. You know, it was, it was awesome. I remember sitting on the bench with you talking and like, I felt like I knew this guy. I yeah. mean, now I had seen you a lot, <laughs> all I know. Over, you know, I had seen you, <laughs> but I didn't know you. And, um, it, it was cool. You, you actually, when you, when you did come to the flyers, what a, a couple days you had. Were you on three teams in like two days? It was something insane. It was three teams in two and a half days. And, and this is all funny because in Montreal, in the span of a month, I backed up and played a game for three different teams. I played for Ottawa. I backed up for Ottawa. I backed up for Vancouver. I backed up for Philly in Montreal all within a month. And the security guard that sits by the backup goalie. <laughs> He that I know guy exactly who you're talking about. I know exactly the man you're talking about. He was so fucked up every time I walked in. I don't mean drunk. I mean like by seeing me, he couldn't figure out like what's happening here. Like who you should have told him, Oh, it's my brother. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> it's my brother. So yeah, I went from I went from Ottawa. I took morning skate with Ottawa January 2nd. My family had just moved into the hotel so we could be together after being apart for two months. Um, I got traded morning after morning skate um, to the Vancouver Canucks, dressed for the Canucks that night. We flew to Montreal. I backed up in Montreal. Then we flew to Toronto and I was on waivers and I was claimed for off waivers by the Flyers. There was also a claim by the by the Tampa or the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So I was a hot commodity for a second. There. I said everybody wanted you, bro. Yeah, I was a real fucking hot commodity there, man. So um, <laughs> I get claimed by the Flyers. So that's when I meet with you guys. Like, yeah, I went from Ottawa to Vancouver to Philly in three days. So three, or two and a half days, three teams. And I, to be honest with you, like what I was doing on the bench and at the rink was my release. That was my, it was still my happy place. That was like the darkest time of my life. Like, and I'm wow. in the NHL and you probably didn't see that at the time. No. Um, but if you talk to Frank Saravalli from Daily Faceoff, he'll tell you when we first met, he's like, hey, I love following your story. It's been great. And I remember, and he'll tell you, he's like, you looked at me and you go, I'm glad somebody's enjoying it, you know, because <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I'd been away from my family for two months. And I that season, I, guys, I, I went into that season thinking it was going to be my last. And, and all I wanted was some stability in a good scenario. And, and I still had another two months after that of just being, kind of being up and down and and I'm trying to play in the NHL. Like I'm trying to compete, right? Like mm -hmm, right. my game with the Flyers, I suck, man. I watched a video the other day. I was horrible. 
And I, wow. <laughs> I, let's not get carried away, man. You get thrown into the fire in Washington. Wash, yeah, right. I think we were back to back. No, were we back to back? You look at my career. I think two thirds of my games were in back to back scenarios, and I played about seven of them against the Caps. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm the guy Ovi did the hot stick on. Like, that's all oh, I'm no. doing. Oh, no. Oh, baller, you better find it. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. No, I didn't know that. Jesus. You did it? I mean, that's. I, most I didn't know when that. people find out. When people find out, they're like, oh, my God, that's you? That, <laughs> yep, that is. I got a picture of it over my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what? I got Elvis is going to love that little tidbit because he's always, do, you know, yeah, he, no, he, stick, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's always doing that. That's not cool, Ovi. I don't like it. Yeah, that yeah. happened to you, except for it, what a great picture. <laughs> You're the guy. Oh, it's, I'll tell you what. The the um, the coolest part of it is I do have a picture over my shoulder, and it's autographed by Ovi, and it's a picture oh. of him doing the hot stick. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, you got to have it. I won't. I won't say what's written on it. It's a personalized <laughs> message, but a dear friend of mine and, and somebody who coached Ovi had him sign it and send it, and okay. it's one of it's one of my favorite possessions. It's a moment in the NHL that's iconic that I was a part of that at the time I was pissed. I was was, so mad. Ovi and I actually talked about it the next time we saw each other, everything was fine. And now it's just, it's a cool moment, man. I I don't have much to hang my hat on in the NHL, but that's something that you'll see me in clips on after i'm gone forever yeah Yeah. you know it's funny uh, thinking about that i i know you're you know obviously you cared like you're probably pissed off can you imagine seeing (laughs) the rattlesnake behind him coming with his yeah right (laughs) when he's doing it that would have been great but but we're going back to when you came so i was telling riles a little bit you came with the ottawa pats like the bower so i put so much i took them home i brought them here I was up all night because I'm like, this gold just not gonna work. And then <laughs> stuff in the red, yeah, in yeah, the red. So I covered it the best I could. I had all this pad wrap. His pads probably weighed 20 pounds each because I think I I taped your mask too. And you're like, dude, it's too heavy because <laughs> like, I put tape, yeah. like cloth tape on it. Yep. But so, uh, oh man, that was, I mean, that was really cool what you did though. Like I, I was so appreciative that you took care for me to look the part. Like it sucks to go out there looking like a kaleidoscope. When I got yeah. dealt between Ottawa and Vancouver, you've got Anders Nilsson for Vancouver for Ottawa wearing Vancouver gear, and I'm vice versa. And like you just look like an idiot. Like you don't feel good about yourself. And you know, when for you to do that and take the time really it meant a lot to me. But it was also like, man, he, Nasty is a kindred spirit. Like I I'm such a gear nerd, like massive, massive gear nerd, player sticks, forwards, goalies, everything. I had every hockey catalog you can imagine from USA hockey as a kid, right? All of them. I love yeah. the equipment, but I had never used pad wrap before. So I, I didn't know. I mean, yes, the pads were heavier because of it, but this was the thing I didn't realize they didn't slide as well. And I had mm. never thought oh. about that. I never took that into account. And now you're seeing goalie pads on the inside of the legs. They're trying to find, for lack of a better term, slipperier material. They're trying to make the pads slide as best they can. So, I mean, it was kind of a a lesson in equipment in some ways, but I was so thankful, though. Like, I looked like kind of like an orange road cone, but the mask (laughs) looks so sinister, like flat black. Yeah, it was flat And then, dude, I got... And then when my mask finally showed up, it was flat black done by Ray Bishop Warwick. And this is 
honestly, this is probably my favorite mask. Like there's just yeah. something so dirty and nasty about this thing. And then the, yeah. you know, you having know, gritty. Yeah. gritty on the back and having them sign it. My, my best friend always drew the back plate for me. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of layers, layers to what I did with equipment in my career that just, there's a lot of meaning behind it. I felt like, and that's, that's why the career to me was, it meant a lot, you know, more oh, than just yeah. a couple of games in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I remember another thing. <clears throat> I think I, I think I was telling you, Riggs. It was so funny. We were in Washington. You're getting ready to play. It was the game you're playing. Get thrown into the fucking guys. We play back to back. Rattlesnake, you're in. Don't worry about OV on that. Uh, you know, that other side there. Probably take about ten of them fucking by your ears. You know, but uh, you came walking by. I remember standing in the hallway, and I don't know what brought up the discussion. I think we we're talking about music, and you're like, "Oh, I'm a big, big heavy metal guy." Next thing you know, I'm like, oh, my buddy Phil Demmel, who's a really good friend of Riles, too. And you're like, he's like my favorite guitarist. I'm like, wow. are you Great messing life. around? I, I thought he was kidding with me. He's like, I'm serious. I'm like, hey, hang on a second. So I, I messaged Phil and I'm like, you got a minute to like FaceTime me real quick. I explained the situation. So he FaceTimed. Oh, uh, so cool. Uh, yeah. It, it was wicked, yeah. man. Like I, I am. I am a massive, massive metal fan, and like I have, like so. Phil Demel, you guys know Phil, but Phil started out in the Bay Area thrash scene with a band called Violence. That was his band. That's been reunited. It's been reanimated in the last couple of years. But like, I have a vinyl album of from Violence, right? Like, wow. <laughs> and then he went on to do Machine Head, which some of the That's stuff where we met him loved, yeah. and he's a you know, I played lead guitar in that and he's done other things. And I just, he's legitimately like one of my, had been one of my favorite guitar players and you know, this guy, you know, like yeah, it, it just, yeah. was, it was mind blowing to me that connection, but then finding out that he was a Philly fan and, yep. and I've had this happen too. Like I've become friends with musicians, with indie car drivers, with basically anybody with social media that finds out you have, similar interests right mm -hmm. right and, and you're kind of in a special club right if you're a professional musician if you're a professional athlete like you go through things that people otherwise don't and you align real quick you know that's why we yeah. become friends with rock stars why they become friends yeah. with athletes well shit man we've both been living on buses for years you know yeah and for sure. man that was just such a cool introduction because like uh, it was kind of a pinch me moment right you know and yeah. He's such I, I guess good, it's kind of the same way. Like, here's a guy yeah. in the NHL, but for, for yep. me, I'm like, no, man, like you're way more talented than I am. You know, <laughs> I can't go up and down a fretboard like you, dude. Oh, I can't hardly even play the guitar. <laughs> he, he always, when he comes to Philly, he always will throw for a song. He'll throw Riley's jersey on. I think it's cool. I've, I've, obviously, awesome. every time he's around, we've tried to see him, but just a, just a good man. Really good man. Cool dude. It was funny we we met him, but it was a bunch of us. It was me and you and Chemo teaming in Richie. Oh yeah, Archie that's right. With us, yep. Metallica. They were opening for Metallica, and I remember Zach Hill. I think we were probably in the locker room having a few cocktails, so we missed Machine Head. Like we just didn't know, you know. So we're we're there with our buddy Jeff Gordon, <clears throat> who's the president of Live Nation, and so we go up to the suite. And Zach Hill comes running in, the legendary PR guy with the Flyers, and he's like, "Hey, the opening acts like one of their guys is a huge Flyers fan. You guys mind coming down and meeting them? You know, you know, seeing the band." So remember, we walking oh, yeah. in that little room. We got great pictures. I'll find a picture baller, but it's great pictures of all of us. And uh, so I didn't even hear their music. So fast forward into the summer, he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, bro, we're playing. The, I think it was Ozfest or it was something." And I'm like, oh, I'm there, bro. I can't wait. Well, I didn't realize it was 
heavy heavy metal <laughs> like so i'm <laughs> oh, yeah. like i i go i got a i got a date with me and i'm like yes yeah, you know it's gonna be cool like whatever and they start and i'm like oh yeah and i mean he is it's i mean i'm like <laughs> what is going like blew my mind man i'd never been to a like i mean if you want to call metallic a heavy metal i i call machine head like death metal like heavy metal yeah that was like heavy but it was so good and he was so he's such a good such a good guy man so yeah he stayed really in is. contact for for years talked to him all the time text with him he's gonna love this that we were bringing him up oh yeah he's a good man to tag him in the i post. just thought it was so cool that like he was like oh my god i thought he was messing with me like i'm like are you, are you fucking crazy like, oh, i love him man yeah i'm like yeah. we're calling him right now well i think it's um it, I mean, yeah, they're heavy for sure. Um, but I, I think it's funny to me how like a band like Metallica that came up through that same thrash scene that what Phil did, Metallica's massive. And if you listen to those first couple Metallica albums, dude, they're straight up thrash. They're heavy, yeah. Mm. Like, and Justice for All, Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets. Like, these aren't radio albums yet. People who listen to really, people that listen to Taylor Swift love Metallica. Yet, yeah, I can't get somebody to listen to testament or slayer from that same time frame that sounds right. so incredibly similar i just yeah it, it, it's a kind of a it's almost kind of an exercise in branding right where it's once you get that name and you're the big band you can do what you want but yeah uh, dude it's i i could see that being a real awakening when you open up and like oh, the, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah it was awesome though i enjoyed the shit out i've never had like really watched it before like seen anything that hard but yeah i just thought it was cool because chemo teaming and knew who machine Team was. is a huge metal guy yeah well, yeah he, he, those he knew who they were guys he was the love only guy death metal do, right like yep. but it went down there met the guys they were great and phil's like i'll come up and watch you guys so we, and then we ended up going out yeah. Remember, we went over to an establishment <laughs> yes. in PA. I remember. I won't say the name, but we went to an establishment <laughs> and they actually had, they're like, hey, don't forget buses at two. So he's like, I just got to be back by two. We're like, oh, yeah, that might work. Yeah. Uh, this, yeah. One, this is when Roz was making me stop at Burger King at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah, <laughs> to keep his weight up. But uh, <laughs> he ended up, they ended up sending a driver to pick him up because we were past our time limit. <laughs> oh, I remember that. But, uh, Anyway. You had to keep your weight up. I had to keep my weight down. That yeah, I probably, sh- yeah, I probably should have kept it down. I was obsessed with we getting weight to fight mutants. Yeah, man. Poor, uh, poor coaching on myself. There. <laughs> He's Nasty. changed now. Yeah, Nasty's encouraging me to stop through BK. You know, oh, yeah, right. in the morning for a double of Whopper with cheese. Not a chance. <laughs> no, he had to eat a lot. Yeah, I did. Keep well, his weight up. Probably. Now he's a lean 155. <laughs> Not quite that lean. Not I'm quite kidding, that lean. I'm, but I'm the same way. Are, are, are you? Yeah. I, well, I don't eat as much now. Like legitimately, I don't usually eat lunch. Like I've just reduced my caloric intake enough to kind of maintain because uh, I just like food too much. And that was my problem. Like I, a pregame spread, man. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I would just crush so good. And and then if you're a backup goalie, you don't play. And then there's pizza in the room afterwards. And I oh, yeah. oh yeah. I'm such a slut for pizza that I can't help myself. Like if it's out, I can't help myself. I have to eat it. So that was hard for me was to try to kind of stay where I wanted to. I, I never had I was never lower than I wanted to be, ever. Right. I was always trying to keep it down. It's it's funny you bring up the pizza being in the room because 
it's the last thing I needed to be doing, but I couldn't, I can't help it. I, I love pizza too, but there was a funny thing that happened a few years ago uh, when I was still the team and Hexy just did not like that idea of the pizza in the room, you know? And, yep. and you know, like I would bust his balls. I'd be like, well, it seems to work for the Pittsburgh Penguins back to back. Pizza doesn't seem to be bothering them. The protein he, pizza. And he would, yeah, he would just buy, he would say, come on, Deke, it's not good for you. It's bad. You know, like, and I'm just like, I know, whatever. So, we're on the road and Hexy did not make the trip. And the boys were like, Hey, if we win, he would let him get wings in Buffalo. Wingy? Wings, wingies. <laughs> yeah. Tommy like wingy. Uh, he would let him get wings, but only if they won. And I just remember, and no disrespect to Hexy because that was his rule. So that's just, just what you did. Well, we lost one day and we had ordered all the wings and he says, Deke, get, get rid of them. So I'm like, I look over at Simmer. I walk in. I'm like, I gotta get rid of him. He goes, he goes. You put him in that room right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone's walking into my little skate sharpening room and then coming out. They got yeah, I got sauce all over. over. But what I was gonna say about the pizza was, Hexy didn't make the trip, and they, we weren't allowed to get pizza. And maybe twice that year he, he allowed it. So they ordered wings and pizza, no matter what. And Hexy wasn't there, and they weren't supposed to have the pizza, right? Well, someone's doing the post game and, you know, Tara, it may have been Taryn Hatcher. I don't know if she was with us yet, but she's interviewing someone. Here comes someone cruising by. Just mocking a slice. Oh, mocking a slice. (laughs) And I'll never forget. Sal came in and he goes, heck, she just called Jimmy. He saw it it live. What the fuck? He's Uh, like, the boys ordered it. He goes, "What? I can't stop him." Like, you you know, know, he was just curious. But what are the chances? Uh, And it was the way it happened. Yeah, You can't deny people that when you're so used to it, you can't take it away. And like, like, right, like, guys, tell me some of the. Some of the things you look forward to on the road. When you go into Philadelphia, you can't wait for a cheesesteak. When you go into Montreal, you can't wait for a Sheehan show. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have these things. Like, now it's become a thing when teams come to St. Louis, they get barbecue. Like, yeah, right, you're yeah. looking forward to, to these. You're looking forward to these little moments of, of normalcy and sanity when you're not sucking down another goddamn protein shake. And you can just <laughs> live and have a slice of za. You know, <laughs> like you're just so excited to rip into that lukewarm piece that's been sitting there for that 40 lukewarm, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, never was delivered on time. Yeah. Right? It's either early. Well, oh, usually it was usually earlier. Yeah, too early. Oh, yeah, man. until and then and then and then Hexy gets gassed and, then, and, the, and the boys are just it was ripping the pizza again. <laughs> boys hey, are just like listen. Double you know what? Up here. For me, it was probably better, so I wasn't eating pizza that late. But like, you know, th- those are his rules, and, and and that's the way it was. I mean, but I, it was just funny to me because. <laughs> oh, that's class. We got to pull that clip. So I'm I, fine. Well, that you know what? It reminds me of a st- of a very similar thing where we had a rule playing for the Binghamton Senators under Kurt Kleinendorf as our coach. I like, I like Kurt a lot. I have no bad words to say about Kurt at all, but he had a lot of rules. Okay. And I didn't always agree. He was, came from the Lou Amarello school. So no facial oh, hair was allowed. I hate that rule. I'm sorry, Lou, all the success in the world, everything, but that no facial hair rule is, is garbage. I can't stand <laughs> that. Um, so we had that rule. And we also, at that time had to, everybody had to wear their helmet in warmups. Now in the American league, this was 2011, 12, you didn't have to wear a helmet in warmups back then. Okay, right. you can still go without it. And the last game of the year, we were so far out of playoffs. It was a total mutiny. 
everybody went out with their bucket off for warm-ups. No. Everyone. Like myself included, like we all just went, fuck it, we're doing it. And he walks in and he had a smile on his face and he just, you guys are assholes. It's probably the only time (laughs) I ever heard him curse, you know? Yeah. Uh, But it just, it just shows though, like there was real contempt for that rule. There was real contempt for not having pizza. If as stupid as that may seem, are you creating the best culture when you're denying humans things that they like to have the right to do? Right. Like if the whole league can't wear a, if the whole league has to wear their helmet warmups, whatever, but if you have the choice to from the league, but your team says no, or just to coach, you're kind of like, come on, like, you know, let us have that freedom. I, I feel that on a personal level. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Riggs, you had the, you had no helmy. No helmy. Yeah. I would have still oh, went no bucket. Even no bucket. Really, yeah. I, would, I, want, I would want to do that. I, I know it must be cool, right? Do yeah. You feel vulnerable? I, I, I only ever took like two laps, no bucket and warmups. Do you, do you feel exposed? Not at all. I felt liberated. Just <laughs> flowing out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would like, love, you guys did it. You guys both played NHL. I would love to just come out and just take one lap. Just no bucket, just <laughs> yeah. the heavy crossover and then get off where I fell. Get the tongue, uh, tongues for, out. Tongues the Kobe out, lab Kobe look. Yeah. look, Kobe action. That would be the most, that would be the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the wind blowing off the face, yeah. over the hair. Yeah. They all stretch at the red line. Oh, you got to. They all stretchy. Yeah. A ton of stretching. Oh, man. That's all, all I pretty much did out there. <laughs> <laughs> Hovered the red line, no bucket. Drop Couple hairy eyeballs. Game. Oh, during the game. Yeah. Drop but yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree with that. You know, there's, there's, there's a, a fine line there of creating discipline, structure, and boundaries, but then like just being unreasonable with some of those asks, you know, or just like you say, the facial hair. We're like, God, you got grown men here that are battling the trenches, like a, a little you, facial for hair. You. Like, yeah, for you. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, come on, rules. like throw them, up, throw these guys a bone, like that's you know, the Yankees rule, you know. Like, yeah, it was crazy. I remember sh- showing up to Jersey. And for training camp, and I actually asked Cam Jansen ahead of it because he'd been in the organization. He was Lou's boy, right? And he'd do whatever Lou asked and say, is this real? Like, you got to shave, all these different things I'd heard. And he's like, oh, yeah, you better. And so <laughs> I remember the first day of training camp, the night before in the hotel room, I shaved. And like, I don't like to shave with a razor because I get bad razor burn. My neck bleeds, sensitive, you name it, right? I just, I don't like to do it. And I shaved the night before. And I come in the next morning and the PR guy looks at me and he's like, you need to go shave. I'm like, what? I'm like, did you, he goes, did you shave this morning? I go, I did last night. He goes, you need to go shave again. Like I had the, and I don't grow facial hair that fast. Like it was a tiny amount of stubble at all. Oh, and of course no I go way. in they got those big one bladers. Oh, so guess yeah. what? I'm hacking away. I literally have, I have blood running down my chin, like my neck to go take this picture and the devils have you put on shoulder pads to put your jersey on. So I even had player shoulder pads on as a goalie for my picture with the devils with a bleeding neck that I'm sure they photoshopped. <laughs> I just, why, you know, yeah, that was yeah. My, exactly. this is not oh. worth it, but I don't know. It's the devil. You know what though? I, I say all that about the devils, but they did give me another chance to play in the NHL. And, and I think those eccentricities that Lou has, they're yeah. there. You can tolerate them. But ultimately, when it came time the Devils for the Devils to reward me for my play, they did. They gave me a chance. So I and I'm forever thankful to that organization for it. I just yeah. it wasn't the most fun years I ever had, though. I'll put it that way, just because yeah. it felt stifling. Yeah. 
A little too rigid. I've heard a lot of yeah. those stories. Yeah. Kovalchuk yeah. <laughs> Col- showed up and he couldn't use warrior sticks that were kind of like neon. He had to switch them to just plain black, red, and white, you know, to fit team culture. And it's wow. just little things like that that kind of gnaw on players over time, I think. And yeah. Like we had I'm, one guy show up and he had long hair, Nathan Perkovich, and Lou's like, you need to cut that. And it was kind of like when Mr. Burns told Mattingly and the Simpsons to cut his sideburns. And Mattingly <laughs> cut his sideburns basically all the way over. I thought I told you to cut those sideburns, Mattingly. You know, and it was this Perkovich guy shows up and he had shaved his head down like the wood. No. Like, And I'm telling you, his head was all lopsided. And we're like, dude, you didn't have to go that far. He's like, just making sure. He was that terrible. Sure. Like, I'm just making sure. Like, oh man all right man people are gonna look at you when you walk into the grocery store but that's fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was shocked when when yogs ended up going there after he left here i'm like this will be interesting to see because yogs like he yeah. always had a little scruff but okay shaved <laughs> I yeah i can't believe it man yeah that's like, you hilarious paid, you gotta shave you right? can't even have you can't even shave the day before you shave the day off. 42 right, years you, old did you play with yogger no no, he was after me. I got to play with him in Florida, and it was brief. I only, you know, I only dressed a couple games, but training camps, a couple for a year and stuff, and that was a huge thrill for me. You know, when his yeah. best years, I was seven, eight, nine years old when he was crushing with the Penguins and stopping pucks on people that you've watched play is insane sometimes. I had that same feeling against Sergei Fedorov. My first year, I stopped a breakaway from Sergei Fedorov. And I'm just wow. going, what fucking world am I living in right now? <laughs> yeah, this cool is, is insane. That? This is the guy with the white skates terrorizing goalies in the Nike videos, you know. Jersey just flapping. He's flying. Yeah, the hair style. and the supermodels and just, yeah. you know, the, the, the Eastern AC <laughs> aluminum composite stick with the Christian blade, like I, yeah. all these things. But but Yager, I played with in Florida. And I, I, this was wild. We're in Winnipeg and I'm sitting right next to Roberto Luongo, which was another huge thrill for me, by the way. Like, cause like I was teammates with Brodeur with Luongo, like these guys are Mount Rushmore for me. Right. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there next to Lou and I'm just backing up like normal. And we did not play well in the first period at all. Turk comes in, Gerard Glant kind of gives the boys business Yager walks across and, and nasty. You've seen Yager like in between periods, he doesn't have his tarp on. Right. But he takes his hockey pants off. So he's got like garter belt and shin guards and stuff, hair all over the place. And he walks through the locker room and I don't think anything of it. And then he walks out and you know how the hallway in Winnipeg, you kind of have to walk out of the locker room into a hallway and you've got the Gatorade coolers right there. And, yep. and mm-hmm. Lou and I can see right down the hallway. And I look and Yager is standing there. And he looks at the Gatorade cooler and it's, it's a night, big ice chest. It's full of Gatorades and water. And he dunks his head straight into this thing, full ice chest. Come on. And is, and he goes straight back, does the hair flip and goes, and I, (laughs) and I look at Luongo and he looks at me and, and I go, does he do that regularly? He goes, I've never seen it in my life. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I don't ever think I saw him do that. That's crazy. So here is an absolute legend, like probably a top five player, like of all time. Right. You know, Yaramir Yager, he went, he got, he went, 
he ended up going second overall in NHL scoring while we were there. They stopped the game for him, and he's dunking his head in a Gatorade yeah. cooler full of ice water and just roaring as he comes up, water everywhere. And just and then he just walked and sat down like nothing happened. Like, it was the most bizarre thing. Yeah. Oh, but man. never forget that, especially yeah. Luongo. I've never seen it in my life. Did the boys drink the water after? No chance. That was <laughs> Chris, he's sweaty. That. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! So, um, you say you, you do still watch? You're still watching a bit of hockey, though. Um, even though you're not, you're kind of sliding down to media a little bit here. Uh, any early season surprises? I know it's very early, but to, for me, we, Riley and I were talking about Boston. You know, you hear all this talk again. Well, they're gonna have a tough time. Here we are. They're six and zero. Oh. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Um, to, for me, that's a pretty big surprise. I didn't, I didn't see that. I, yeah, coming. I agree. Um, but I uh, just didn't yeah. know if you had fly guys top of the list. They're up there. They're doing yeah, better they're than good. I think people thought. You know, the thing about Boston is that, like, first off, they haven't had a great or not a very difficult schedule to start. But I don't buy into that a lot. You know, like you're seeing teams that are supposed to be at the bottom beating good teams. Like you're seeing Anaheim be competitive. Go blah blah blah. Go down the list. I think what we failed to realize about Boston is that they still have a really damn good coach behind that bench, and they still have Marchant and Pasternak and a really solid decor and incredible goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised, yes, that they're six and zero because filling that spot where Patrice Bergeron was to be a two way center to be the first over the boards in all situations, I didn't know how they were going to fill that. I like how Pavel Zach has grown in his game. Charlie Coyle to me is an excellent third line center, but this Matthew Patra kid is. Yeah, he's taking it and run with it, and looked really good. Like he fits the part. So, yeah. I, in some ways, I'm surprised by Boston just because they lost their heartbeat of the team. But in other ways, I'm not. Um, Detroit's been really impressive. Like the yeah. blanket, yeah. those that that duo, dude. I'm telling you, that's a real deal duo. That's not a joke. You look at the Leafs, Nylander and Tavares have been maybe the best players. So, my question is like, and I know the Flyers have been pretty good. When's the Metro going to get going? Like, yeah. I, I honestly think the Metro is not very good right now. Yeah. You know, like Carolina's been poor to start. Oh, the man. The Penguins have been poor. New York, well, the Islanders are the Islanders to me. I don't, I don't, they're not a threat at all, but I, I'm surprised by how poor the Metro is. Yeah. You know? Agreed. And guys, are you surprised at all that Vegas and Colorado and even Dallas are doing what they're doing out in the West? I mean, no. I'm not. No, you know, so to me, it's really I look at that Metro division going, who's going to who's going to catch fire and get moving here? Like, Mm -hmm. is it Carolina? Is it the Penguins? Like one of those two teams is going to get going, but I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. It's it's uh, I thought Pitt might come out a little stronger, but again, we're what six games. Yeah. Yeah, it's early. It's early. But uh, I was going to ask you about uh, speaking of the West, the Edmonton start. Oof. That's tough. They gave up it's, five and a third last night. <clears throat> they were up four yeah. two, I think, and then up yeah. seven to four. And let's be clear about this with Edmonton. It is not because Connor McDavid's out of the lineup. Right. This is a problem throughout the team that I you want my honest opinion. I don't think that team's smart enough. Okay. Mm. And I that's that's something I don't throw around loosely. They've had, they've been playing two different they've played two different systems. They played man on man before. Now they're gonna play zone. Like Jay Woodcroft's throwing every system he can at these guys in the last couple of years, and they just can't protect the middle of the ice no matter what they do. 
And to me, that's just a lack of hockey smarts. Like you've got guys running all over the place that can't say discipline within system. Now, name system. Doesn't matter what system it is to me. Why were the Golden Knights the best team last year? Because they played Bruce Cassidy's system to a T with personnel who was veteran and able to do it. Guess what? Edmonton's got a veteran team and they yeah. can't mm-hmm. do it right now. It's not just on the D, it's on forwards, it's on depth. Um, and and like, dude, I, I love Jack Campbell, but that experiment, man, it's it doesn't look good. Like oh, he, yeah. he'll go missing. You know, I love that guy. I've always rooted for him. But you can expect seven, eight good games in a row, and then he falls off. And Skinner's pretty good. Like they're just if until they can learn how to play defense, and until Evander Kane is in a contract year every single season, so he's motivated to play well. Yeah. When's that team going to get out of it? Yeah. Well, I, and Dry's idle. Yeah, and we've we've had this question before. I don't, or we've talked about it, but like Connor McDavid's not twenty-two anymore, and he's not old by any means. But how long do you want to stay there if you're him? Or you know, I that's the question I keep asking is like, when are they going to get over the hump? Can they get over the hump? Maybe they're not smart enough. Maybe they, you know, I don't know what happens. But like, is he going to want to keep staying there and playing there? He's one of the best players, obviously, in the world. If he's yeah. not the best player. Yeah. Blow it up. Tough. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing though. If, if you're going to make a move for that player, you're going to have to give up so much. That's it. Yeah. And then bring in a salary. Like I actually think he's locked in Edmonton. I don't think you can move. Like I, yeah. I know teams would, they would make it happen if you could, but I think the logistics of it and for where he wants to be, I mean, it may just go on in perpetuity. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I get people that laugh at me when I said, a couple of years ago, Kale McCarr was the best player on the Avalanche. Now I think Kale McCarr is the best player in the NHL. Oh, and I still get people coming back at me screaming about McDavid and everything. And I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. Goalies like D a lot. And what that guy does, there's yeah, no he's... one like him on earth. And they've won a Stanley Cup. And they're crushing mm-hmm. at Edmonton as a team. I'm sorry, man. They haven't yeah. done shit. Yeah. Like, no, you're, you're, you're right. They haven't. That's that's you know. what I mean. I mean, I I just wonder if the frustration is going to build and build for. Well, for I, this kid, I would think you know? so. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, even dry side, I'm like what a player. You can only do so much. Is <clears throat> essentially those two guys. Yeah, and then and then it's like, how frustrating does it get? They, you know, they do. The they story. do fill the building, right? I mean, yeah. The well, you, you will always know that there's a very good chance that you're going to see something you'll never see again in your life when Connor's in the building. And make that two Connors now, because Connor Bedard's doing similar things with the Blackhawks. Yep. Not quite mm-hmm. same level, but right. I mean, it's a thrill to watch the Oilers. But I'm sorry, that team just doesn't have it defensively. Like they can't figure it out. And I think Woodcroft's been throwing spaghetti at the wall, doing the best he can, and they're just not grabbing onto the concept, or they don't want to grab onto the concept. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you chalk it up to they're just not good enough, right? I mean, because it's like how many like. At that level, guys, hockey IQ has got to be good enough to understand it. They just can't execute it, right? They just can't do it, right? I mean, knowing and doing are two separate things. But, I mean, I, I don't know many guys that – well, any guys really at pro level that would just like, wake up one morning and be like, it's not going to do it tonight, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. You just can't. Like, you physically can't. Like, you just can't get the job done. And it's just really just the – you know, they need to re- retool and get some pieces in there that can actually – take action but. I mean, Riley from a coaching perspective you've done this before yeah. the hardest thing to teach is patience and awareness which is really hockey IQ yeah. to me yeah. 
Like you can totally. teach skill all day long. NHL yep. players will improve their skill. Yeah. But it's, I, I see this with squirt hockey players. It's no different for squirts and NHL players. Some of them just get it. Yeah. You need a team of players that just get it. Yeah, that's the, tr- that's <laughs> that's the, the truth. truth. And the thing you're talking about, you know, I would say that is kind of like the essence of a potentially great player, right? It's like the guys that have that patience and that awareness. And then you, you, you mix in, you know, the, the work ethic and, and all the other stuff to, to, to mold the player. But like, like to me, like that, it's hard to teach that, right? Like you can yeah. slow down the video and you could be like, be more patient here. But like the reality is if guy's got a monkey mind and, and pressure's coming, you know, it's like myself, I think of myself, it's like, no matter how much video John Stevens or Lavi or whoever <laughs> sat me down and be like, you gotta be more patient with the puck here. I'd be like, I'm just thinking in my head, I got, I'm like eight Sudafed deep, you know, like five coffees <laughs> deep. Like, so the last thing I want to do is be patient with the puck. And it's like a hand grenade. It's like, let's get rid of this fucking thing. Dude, you know? Who wants it? <laughs> Who wants it? It's so funny you mentioned Sudafeds and like, I'm so happy that we're past that stage where everybody was <laughs> throwing anything in their body. I, I really, know. like, because I, I remember in college, um, in college, we had to run a mile and a half in 930, nine minutes and 30 seconds, or you couldn't be allowed in the locker room at St. Lawrence. That was a rule back then. And guys, I, I run like a wounded gorilla. Like I got, <laughs> I got bow legs, flat feet, square toe box, short shins, scoliosis, like, I'm a murderer's row of why somebody can't run well. Like horrible. Like you should see me throw play football trying to like I'm trying to catch a football, just like my body's everywhere. And so I'd come, I would train all summer. This is how stupid it was. I'd train all summer running instead of saving pucks like I should have been. Yeah. I'd spend the summer running to try to get across the line in nine minutes and 30 seconds. And uh, every summer I'd come in at about 936. And we had these other kids that could just smoke and drink all summer long and come flying across the line at 830, like just gazelles, right? Yeah. And it was the most depressing thing in the world to me. And and honestly, God, it got to the point that, and nobody knew this at the time or anything, but I don't know how many Sudafed I took. I don't know how many ginseng pills I took. Like it got to the point that in my mind, I was thinking, you know what? If I die doing this, they'll probably never have to do it again. And it's a win for everybody. (laughs) Like that's how warped our minds used to be. Oh, I know. And I just, I look back at that. This was so stupid. And and man, St. Lawrence changed my life. I loved my time there and everything. But that specifically was the dumbest thing I've ever been a part of, (laughs) ever. Um, What on earth did running a mile in nine thirty have to do with me getting in front of a hockey puck? No shit. Zero. Nothing, Nothing. Yeah. Well, we went yep. through our own version of that here in Philly for years, right? It was the yeah. two-mile run, the three-mile run. So, like, you would legitimately train for the, the fitness test, not to be a hockey player, just so you can get some street credit to start yeah. and start a camp. And guys would be belly up after the run, you know, the Asham running around barefoot because oh, he just Ash. don't give two shits about the run, which is probably the right attitude. But, like, here I am just burying myself trying to complete this thing for no good reason. Like, it doesn't prove anything. Like you're what, a good runner? Big, how big was the meal that we ate after preseason? Uh, yeah, yeah. Straight to the Italian. Like, I don't even eat Italian a lot. That was the biggest plate of pasta, meatballs, cannolis, you name it. The worst, most carb-filled meal I could ever have. I'd probably gain five pounds after after testing that night every single season. Oh, yeah. Smorgasbord. 
Yeah, don't miss those. <clears throat> don't miss those days. That's for sure. The running. Now, now they got the the, the Tortorella yeah. eight lap or whatever it is. It is. But Barely. at least that's functional to hockey. It's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not running on a track. True. But we're evolving slowly. The hockey culture is evolving. Yeah. Uh, some argue in, in in what direction is evolving, but I think I think we're going in the right direction for the most yeah. part. I agree. For I the agree. most part. Um, yeah. but, uh, we could always get better, but, uh, it's certainly different than the broad street bullies and <laughs> yeah. lack of awareness around training and functional training and, you know, that whole bit, but. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently. I asked Mint Mobile's legal team. If big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation, they said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. For sure. Um, you know, you, you had an opportunity to play for a bunch of coaches. You know, we're talking about, uh, you know, the dog training and mindset and all this stuff like you know, any any coaches that jump out to you as is being like guys that really helped you find your game or help you kind of make sense of your skill set and where you stood big time yeah you know i think the greatest benefit i had to playing for so many teams was the exposure i had to so many goalie coaches mm-hmm. and really good ones i mean i pretty much have the goalie mount rushmore goalie coaches that i've worked with Mitch Korn, Ian Clark, Francois Allaire. I mean, those are two, those are, if you did a goalie Mount Rushmore, you take those three and put Warren Strelow up there. Those are your four. And I got to work with all of them. And pretty wow. early in my career, um, Mitch Korn, when I was drafted by the Predators, he was their goalie coach then. And he's probably been the greatest mentor to my life, even though I never really, I wasn't signed by him. Right. But I had development camps, did four of them together. I worked his camps in summers um, so Mitch has been a guiding light for me. Chris Economo, who's in the Philly area, who I met, we talked about earlier. Yeah. I mean, he was my rock every summer, dude. I'd go see him. Um, from the goalie aspect, Ian Clark was really important for me too. Francois Allaire, go down the list. And I, I could rattle so many off, man. You know, like Kim Dillabaugh yeah. is fantastic in Philadelphia, right? He's in that group. Jeff Reese in Dallas, just. Yeah. Um, but I think if you look at just coaches, not just the goalie guys. Glenn Gullitson was our coach in Las Vegas with the ECHL team, the Wranglers, 2005 to seven. Glenn's now an assistant with the Edmonton Oilers. 
He was ahead with Dallas. So he was ahead with Calgary. My, I have my career, I think, because of Glenn, because of the system he put in place, because I cared about his players, because of how he believed in me, because of how he let me go up on American League call-ups. He was a phenomenal coach in person um, and is. And that's, I saw him a couple of years ago. I was so happy to see him like, and just spend time hanging out and talking. Um, he's on that list 100%. Um, man, I, I had a lot of coaches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, you try to go down and look at who your, your best coaches were. Um, and because I moved around so much, it's, it's, it's spotty. You know, yeah. it's hard to pick coaches that really left a major impression on me um, because I moved around so much. But Gullitson really, I think, the importance of my career. And again, it was at the ECHL level of all places, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. he really, without his belief, it would have never set me up for everything I had past that. So loved him. Um, the other guy that immediately comes to mind is Scott Allen, who's an assistant coach oh, yeah. at the Mm -hmm. Scotty yeah. and I were in five cities together, guys. Oh, wow. We were in Omaha, Florida, Springfield, Portland, Peoria. And a couple of years ago when I was playing in the Calder Cup finals, if we won the thing, Scotty and I made a pact. He was coming to the party. He's going to drive yeah. his motorcycle there. And I told him, if you ever win the cup, I will be there 100%. Yeah. Um, I think the world of Scott Allen, I'm glad he's in the NHL with Wash. I hope I hope they get it going there. Oh, yes, I know. I know. He, he, this guy, I'm telling you, Scotty Allen is one of the best you'll ever meet, the most dedicated men to hockey and family guy I, I've I've ever met. And I think the world of him. So there's a couple right off the bat. Amazing. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. That, uh, <clears throat> one other thing I, I wanted to bring up too is uh, he wore 50. Well, your favorite number is 56. I'm sure you wore a, a lot of numbers. Uh, but uh, I remember when there it is right there. Oh, yeah. Six. And Beauty. so I remember, like, I think I saw that he, I think when, when, when I knew we were getting you, I, I don't know if you told me or I, I feel like I was kind of researching you and everything. And I, I saw 56 and I think maybe we, I reached out and said, Hey, 56, you're like, yeah, like, okay. And then he told me a story. If you want to talk about it, a little bit of race car, yeah. like action. So it came from, first off, 56 is a weird number for a goalie. I get it. But we're also in a world now where goalies wear any number you want. Yeah. Right? Vasilevsky's yeah. wearing 88. Yeah. I mean, I think Koskinen was wearing like 17 for a while. It, yeah. A number's yeah, a weird. number. It doesn't matter. My daughter's wearing 23. She's a goalie. Yeah. That's what yeah. she wore as a forward. She likes the number. She doesn't know who Michael Jordan is, funny enough. She has no <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> but it started out that, I never wore 56 growing up. I always wore 29 because that was a normal goalie number. Greg Millen was my first goalie hero with the St. Louis Blues. He was a full right goalie who caught with his right hand like myself. My daughter also catches with her right no, hand. No, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we're both right-handed. I catch a baseball with my left. But um, So Greg Millen was my guy, but that number was used a lot. And so I kept running into it's taken. I can't have it. And after my first year pro in Vegas, I was like, man, I'm playing for the Las Vegas Wranglers. What the fuck number does it doesn't matter what number I wear? Really? Yeah, I'm like, I'm in yeah. Vegas. I'm like, yeah. my dad, who raced in SCCA, which is amateur road racing in the United States. He won five national championships, a president's trophy, his top amateur driver in the U.S., did some pro racing in Trans Am. I mean, raced with Bruce Jenner, raced with Paul Newman, all these guys, right? Wow. 
he he used 56 as his racing number and then later my grandpa started to wear 56 as his hockey number and and i went this is too perfect so i asked i asked our equipment guy in vegas elvis garcia yeah i know elvis Elvis is awesome. He's in uh, Coachella Valley now, which yeah. is in his backyard. Happy for him. Great guy. I said, hey, man, can I wear 56? He's like, I'll see what I could do. I'll see if Gully approves. Right. And so and yeah. they're like, yeah, whatever, wear whatever you want. So that's where it started. Um, there were times that I couldn't get 56. Yeah. You know, for obvious reasons, you had a coach or a GM that just said no. Or like in the case of Ottawa, Magnus Pay RV of all people was already wearing 56 or in oh. Dallas. <laughs> They were going to retire it because it was Sergei Zubov's number, you know? So, but man, anytime I actually got that number, I just, it really made me happy because if you're a superstar, you get what you want, man. Like it's that number's yours no matter what. And for, you know, someone like me that I I was pretty self-aware, I'm a number three. Like, honestly, I'm a warm body until somebody else comes back from being hurt. It meant a lot when people researched enough to, to give me that number because it had meaning it wasn't just i'm wearing my favorite player's number it was our family number yeah right that meant something to me yeah, yeah. that's super cool yeah it was cool. good insight the nasty hustles his ass off to get you your 56 56 or? we got it made did up did you get yeah. any pushback on it no 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 actually none there was have you ever had pushback on player numbers belly remember we, i think oh, we yeah. told that story a few uh, one time we we uh Pierre uh, Belmar came in. He'd been playing pro like nine years. I think we just talked about this, but uh, no one, we didn't have anyone in number 41 and he wore 41 his whole life. So I'm like, I go up with the list and I'm like, I put Belmar 41. I actually was like looking on YouTube to see who this guy is. And he wears 40 while well, he's got to make the team. He signed a one-way deal. This yeah. wasn't the head GM. This was someone else. And I'm like, well, it's no one's wearing it. You know, like it's, it's empty. It literally, every number except for the retired ones and then there's 41 it's blank so we give him 78 and i said hey sorry man i tried to get you 41 hope hopefully in a couple weeks you can get it well he makes a team and he's like i don't want to change it now but he wears 41 everywhere else yeah, yeah he's wearing yeah. it now in seattle but uh and he wore it else. <laughs> i just thought it was so strange i'm like we know he's on the team he signed a one-way deal and yeah, even if he's not there's no one at 41 like who right. no one's coming in asking for 41 you're the first goalie ever asked for 56 yeah it's yeah, you know what I mean? pretty rare yeah, yeah it was there yeah. but uh, no yeah that's the only time i really had any pushback i do remember jake voracek mr schneider did not like high numbers and he wanted to wear 93 so he started as a flyer at number nine and a few games into preseason. He's like, that's too bad. I need 93. I can't, I can't stand this number. So Homer goes, okay. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You said no. Now you're like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that was about that's the only other that's time. changed. Yeah. I mean, you start to retire numbers and it's just a number. Like I, I remember in, in the minors in Dallas, you know, it was supposed to, we wanted to keep everybody under 30, you know, so yeah. I, think yeah. wore, I worked, I did wear 29 there. So I just reverted yeah. back to my, you know, my old number yeah. and, and honestly numbers don't mean anything, but it, when they've got a family connection, man, it's, Definitely. it's cool when you can do it and it's appreciated. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other thing, uh, quickly speaking of Ovi with the hot stick, it hasn't been very hot so far. <laughs> he finally got his first last night. Yeah. It was a tap in, but maybe that'll get him going. Yeah. 
I don't know if you. There saw was like him. three or four games that you didn't get a shot on net. Was yeah, there before it was, that? Was, yeah, it was it's hard to believe actually. Games in a row he was held without two? a shot on goal, and yeah. I think that that may have been the first time in his career that that was the case. Yeah, uh, and if it believe. wasn't the first time in his career, it'd been a very long time. Yeah. Um, I just that lineup in Washington. I don't know. It's weird too because I really like that coaching staff: um, Spencer Carberry, Mitch Love, Scotty Allen. Like, you've got the two previous winners of the American league coach of the year. And I always believe in giving young coaches a chance, especially yeah. when yeah. you're dues like those guys, Mitch love should be an NHL head coach. I think Calgary made a big mistake, not keeping him in house and promoting him to head coach the Calgary flames. They don't look any better under Ryan Huska than they did under Daryl Sutter. I would have gone to Mitch love. There's more going on there. I think though, than just coaching, but right. yeah. Um, but I look at this team in wash and it's older. Yeah. It's I mean, slow. these guys. Yeah. Together. Yeah. And, and honestly, I don't care what anybody says about, you know, like hip resurfacing. Like we're talking about Patrick Kane coming back from hip resurfacing surgery. Oh, he's going to be fine. He'll be the same old player. Watch Nick Backstrom. Like he wasn't fast to begin with, but he's been reduced to play in tiny minutes, basically a power play specialist. Yeah. Right, right. Is that what Patrick Kane's going to be when he comes back? Because his body simply can't do it. Like Ed Jovanowski is the only person before. Nicholas Backstrom to ever come back from hip resurfacing surgery ever. And even his career was curtailed. Yeah. So I just don't think that that team's as fast. It's as mobile. And I think that the caps are adapting to an entirely new coaching staff and Riley, as you, I mean, like it takes you, you can pay, take you 10 or 15 games to start to get in sync with what a staff really wants, because the whole preseason is just a mismatch yeah. of players. Yeah. It's not until the regular season that you finally get your team. And you finally play games and you finally figure things out. That's right. But if you if you're on the wrong side of the ledger after 10 games, you might be out of the playoffs. So they got a big hill to climb exactly. in Washington. Yeah, they do. Yeah, for sure. Well, buddy, I appreciate you joining us, man. We took a lot of your time up. Busy, busy hockey dad like me. Oh um, that's fun, man. I, I, this is the best. It's it is, man. We we appreciate you coming on, man. It's uh, good to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in so long, and uh, taking the time to join us, man. You're a good dude, man. I I, I certainly enjoyed you and uh, enjoyed being friends with you now since I met you. So yeah, we appreciate oh, I'm you. Appreciative brother. of everything, man. And I know that uh, I know I'm going to be in Philly. I think at some point pretty soon, and I might even be bringing a little goalie in tow. So all right, boys on the ice together, man. I I'll there bring you the gear along. I'll pull out okay. the old rattlesnake pants. We'll do some custom mods. There we go. There It'll be fun. We'll drink some clear rum while we're doing it. It'll be great. That's right. Yeah. That's right, brother. Nasty will put on a clinic. Shoot oh, some pods shoot. with Toby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got quite the release. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> dick. You should see me play forward. That's all I do now. You just give me the puck and put your hands in the air. That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. That's not me. No. <laughs> I try to stay. I gotta Let's try to celebrate. keep the pins moving. Yeah, yeah, you do oh, gotta keep man. the pins but moving. Seriously, brother, we we appreciate you so much, man. You got it. Thanks, yeah, guys. Thanks it's for fun. hopping on. Big thanks to Mike McKenna for hopping on. The rattlesnake. The rattlesnake. Love that guy. We didn't even ask him about the story about where that nickname came from. We did not. That's right. How the hell did you forget that? So I. Because I'm an idiot, but uh, <laughs> we, we, what I was gonna say, he came in and I had ordered him this pr- like this heat press, and it was a rattlesnake, and so his jersey's hanging over, and he takes it down, and 
and in, it was on the inside of his pants, just a big rattlesnake, and he thought it was the coolest thing. That's why he, <laughs> he kind of brought it up there, but I put it on his uh, – he had a coffee mug, too, that was a, rattle, it was a rattlesnake. So his nickname only came when he was in Philly? No, no, he had had it before. I saw it somewhere oh, that that was his I got nickname. You. And uh, he had this mug, so I had the, I had the print made, and I heat-pressed oh, it into you. his pants. It's he, a strong nickname. He thought it was cool. Rattlesnake. If you piss him off, he's you know, you hear it. Like when Ovi did that. <laughs> yeah. The rattlesnake was ready to jump. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. He's, he's ready to go. pissed off about that. A little bit. I'd be too. It's a pretty cool story. I it did great not story, know yeah. that. I did not know that. That's pretty cool. Look it up. Yep. I'm posting that bad boy. Oh, yeah. Baller's got it. He already has it. <laughs> it's already uploaded. It's uploaded. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now it's that time. Is it? Right now? Right now. For this? Mm-hmm. Clear questions brought to you by Clear Rum, our good friends. Go to clearrum.com, type in nasty2023, and you get 35% off your order in Pennsylvania. Get on it. I'm telling you guys, I know we say it every week. It's unbelievable. Even if you weren't a rum guy, it's unbelievable. It's so good. Crisp, nice, clean taste, brother. Yeah. You got to get back on the wags. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You don't have that, to because I drink enough of it. The anti-aging elixir? It is. What? It yeah. is. It is. That's what it is. Hydrate while you dehydrate? Yes. I like it. It's good for Make you. Some balance. It's unbelievable. And great people. Mm, they are. You heard You heard Mike McKenna. Yeah. He's coming to drink some. Oh, yeah. I had Why a couple you? texts last night. There were a couple buddies at the Phillies game, which I we know. didn't bring. Oh, they yeah. lost. Uh, but uh, they're like, clear rum everywhere. I'm like, oh, yeah. I say get it in you, but until next season. Yeah, another good run. Yeah, bad, I know it's a shame, but that's sports. I'm gonna blame Maybe. Debo on that one, but yeah. we'll just leave it at that. All Baller, right. what do you got? That's a good question, considering we just had McKenna on, and you guys kind of talked about his mask and his pads and everything you did there. Um, over on Twitter, we have Chicken Pig Hog. Who do you think had the <laughs> coolest goalie pads and mask? Will we ever see all orange pads like Razor rocked for a brief period on the Flyers, of course? On the Flyers, the coolest setup. You know what? I The ones I really liked was when we played year we in Pittsburgh 2017. Uh, Michael Neuver's whole get. We, we wore those first time we wore the black jerseys. You mm-hmm. Don't. Don't no, do I, it, Riggs. You're, <laughs> you're close to the yellow. No no you way. were right on it. Baller, get, get that. Debo, get that. Anyway, there was no yawn. We were, <laughs> we were in uh, Pittsburgh for the outdoor game, and uh, Nuvi's set up. I actually have video. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to Baller and his mask. It was black, but that whole setup was like, I thought it was really cool. And it matched that. those jerseys like really well. Um, those really stick out. I have to think. Other than that, I think those were like the coolest pads. That the whole setup with the jersey, the black mask, it was pretty. It was pretty sharp. Yeah, he didn't like Bush's setup when he first came in the league. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I guess <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't as advanced as now. They were white, black, and orange, so they matched, but <laughs> nothing out of the ordinary, bro. <laughs> like we. You, you take it on the. You got into dubs. You got into it. You got into it again. Debo, hide it. 
Goalie uh, gear. No, just, you I'm never just, knew goalie gear got rigs this excited. For us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking the evolution of some of the, you know, just like standard looking gear, yeah. you know, like where it's gone and now it's kind of style and like how a much, lot of cool stuff now. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, like Mike appreciate saying. the basic, you know, black helmet and yeah. whatever <laughs> standard pads. You didn't like Bernie setup. In the seventies, <laughs> man, the pads. How funny did they look? They were so goofy looking. Yeah, I know. It was the way they were stuffed. They were heavy too. A lot of fluff. I mean, I guess Bernie's was okay because it's what everyone had. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, guys started getting color pads. You're like, whoa, they you know they're black, white, and orange now, and all that. But it was a long time ago. But the one that sick to answer the question, the one that sticks out the most was I really liked Nuvi's setup yeah. in that game. Yeah. Who had really bad pads back in the day? I think it was a Buffalo. Was it Darren Poopa? We had like the. It was almost like it had no, no lines in it. It was almost like, oh, was like a clear sheet of leather. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Was it Tug you're Nut thinking, the Aero? I think they were called Aeroflex in uh, Barrasso Warm. Oh, Bar- yeah, Barrasso. They were. It was Barrasso. Right? I think they were called Aeroflex. I think Reggie Lemelin warmed as well because they were super, super light. Yeah. They were like they were like the lightest pad to come out. So ugly looking. Though. Yeah, they, they just... weren't the best looking, but uh, I never had a guy that wore those. No. But I I do remember that. I, I could be wrong about that name, but I think they were called Aeroflex or something like that. Um, yeah, those were tough to look at. Yeah, you know, Google that. Yeah. <laughs> we got one from Construction Kurt over on Instagram. Riley, what was your go-to chirp to opposing players to get them off their game? <laughs> I don't know if I had a go-to chirp. It was just what randomly came to mind in that moment after again eight ten pseudofads. And... I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, that was probably <laughs> that, that was probably yeah yeah that was. Don't touch him. Yeah. Don't touch G. Don't touch Richie. Yeah. I think you're dead. Was, you're probably you're dead. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Um, not much of a chirp. Did you ever More of a threat? Ooh. <laughs> no. <laughs> like our boy to Big Earn. You know, Big that, Earn used do to do that, that to Riles. Ooh, Cote. <laughs> He's like. Telling me, and I'm like watching him. It's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really in a position to, you know, it was the chirping was more just challenging guys, yeah. you know, because I wasn't able to play the game of like chirp a guy and then just kind of sit back and <laughs> not deal with it and answer the bell. But um, yeah, I was usually very aggressive in their face, and you were pretty aggressive. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, Couldn't have been everything you were very throwing gentle, in the body. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My nervous system was heavily, heavily stimulated. <laughs> to say the least, it was. I'm still, so I'm still, I'm still dealing with the aftermath of that. <laughs> yeah. Nervous system is fried. So, oh, thank man. God for cannabis. No shit. One final one from Doc Mud over on Twitter. How's your golf game, Nasty? Okay, I'm wondering if you've seen me play. Before I answer this, <laughs> I was wondering if that was supposed to be directed hey, towards me. <laughs> I thank you for asking. It's not great right now because I played f- four times all year this year. That's it? I'm barely. Why don't you get four. on the links? I haven't had time. Oh, <laughs> rigs. Running around, <laughs> running around a little bit. I, it sucks because I didn't get to play. Um, I love playing golf, but I didn't get to play nearly as much this, this summer. Riggs played a couple times, <laughs> normal couple times. Lit it up at the alumni tournament. This is my best showing. I wish everyone could years. have seen Debo and Baller and dressed in all black at 99 degrees weather. Degree weather, but... Uh, They're just attracting the sun for us, Nast. You are. You're unbelievable that day. Actually worked out well. We played but, uh, a pretty good round of golf. Yeah, my game's okay. I'm not that bad. 
I can you can play around with me even if you're good. I don't take long. Even if I hit a bad shot, I'm pretty quick. You get frustrated? Yeah. I've gotten better with that because yeah. when you don't play, you can't expect to be good. But it is frustrating because it's like, I oh, just just hit the ball. Yeah. Hit the ball straight. Rigs, tap it. Don't you just tap it in. <laughs> just tap, tap, tap. It's a pretty it frustrating in. sport. Uh yeah, it's frustrating, hard, but I love it. Hard to play when you're waking up at 10 in the morning. Well, let's just not get carried away. Ballers all over me today. I, first of all, I, that's not the first time I woke up. I had to wake up twice. I was up <laughs> all night working at 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. Trying to get this pod going. No, I was at the <laughs> rink, unfortunately. Really literally at 04. And then uh, baller, baller got here. I heard him come in, and I'm like, you said I'm running behind. I text Mike. I was like, I'm going to give myself back five minutes. Um, no, just five minutes. Yeah. I hit my thing, but I, I just, when it went off, I stopped instead of reset. And then I'm like, I jumped up. I was like, oh, baller's down there. I better get going here. You weren't. A little DD, right? You were. <laughs> that's all it took. <laughs> <laughs> then I was like, let's go. <laughs> Rattlesnake. Yeah. Come on. No, yeah. but uh, thank you for the questions, guys. Yeah, it was great. That's a wrap, Nas. Is that it? 131 in the book. 131, baby. believe that? I can't. Well, you should. I'm going to now. I believe it's <laughs> happened. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's a wrap. Until next week for 132, be sure to give it a listen, a watch, a subscribe. Yeah. What else, Nas? Throw anything? a like in there. A like. Why a not? Comment, a comment. Questions, anything. We love it. Appreciate we appreciate you. you guys. Yeah. Until next week, stay safe, knuckleheads. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 